Hey, what is good? It's me, your friendly neighbor nerd, the Bobo, and welcome back to another episode of Bobo's Block. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for tuning in to this block party that you have every time I step behind the mic. And if this is your 52nd, 43rd, whatever time it is, what up, dog? It is good to see you again, and thank you for coming through and hitting hitting the block with me for the one time. And I would definitely appreciate you coming back and seeing me. Um. Let's go ahead and get this started out of the way by saying that this show is solely sponsored by my Patreon. Patreon is where you can do the most good and best help for Bobo's Block. It is our bread and butter here at Wonderground Media Studios. And this is where like you can get all the, the new hotness and exclusive content. Um, Patreon is where I put all my bonus episodes. You get exclusive podcasts such as Kicking It. And also my poetry podcast, Money for Rocks. You guys definitely will get exclusive pictures and um, first drops on new merch and things that's coming out next month. So definitely want to get involved in my Patreon um, if you want to stay ahead of or stay on top of everything that's going on with me and um, my studio. And you can do that by going over to patreon.com forward slash Bobo. That's patreon.com forward slash B-O-B-B-O. And that's where you can sign up for one of our multiple tiers. We have tiers ranging from a dollar all the way to three thousand dollars and if you go ahead and pay that three thousand dollar mark you might as well go start calling up your friends and picking out your your tuxedo or your or your or your um new dress like i said non-denominational non-discriminatory like if you pay me three thousand dollars we're getting married no matter what um (laughs) but yeah i definitely will be able to um get some like that would that would be lovely if i can get three grand a month like that that will help out a lot um but still don't do that tier unless you want to be like i said married to me it's fine (laughs) um but thank you guys for coming back another week and it is me um back behind this mic and i we have a lot to talk about (laughs) we got a lot to talk about but let's go ahead and start it off with the updates again I'm going to keep doing this Zoom sound until y'all figure something out. Nobody, like, I I am charging y'all today. This is the episode where I sit there, look you dead in your face via podcast and say, hey, hit me up at BoboFNN on Twitter, probably the best place to get me, and tell me what random sound do you want me to do for the next episode that I do for Bobo's Block. I say next episode because, um... Bit of an update. <laughs> I'm taking a week off. I'm not going to leave you guys like episodeless, but I'm taking a week off. I'm going to probably do like a, a, a Halloween block party episode to post for next um, Tuesday. And it'll be, of course, like November by then. But you guys get it. Like, this is going to be like my little spooky season type stuff. I'll put it on the Patreon first. So, you guys, if you're on the Patreon, you will get it first. And then after that, you guys will hear it on Tuesday. Okay. But yeah. Um, beyond that, I've, I've been doing a lot, <laughs> doing a lot, lot, like I've been super busy and super sleepy. Um, I've been traveling a lot more for wrestling again. It's that time of the year where things start to pick back up and, um, we got whew, a few things I know coming up, um, around the, well, around the beginning of next month, I have another, um, wrestling match in Orlando. I also have beer fest. Um, in Orlando as well. I'm going to be down in Newport St. Richie a little bit later on in November as well too. Like just, I'm going to be a little bit everywhere. So keep up with me, man. Keep up with me. Um, December, I'll be back in DCC dub. We'll talk more about that on my wrestling show, but I don't want to give you guys the update because this is, you, you are, you know, you've been with me since this whole wrestling journey started. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in and, and listening to me and my 
rambles about my, my wrestling. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of that, if you guys want to catch me um, every other Friday on another podcast, you guys can hit up the You Filthy Casuals podcast. It's me and my um, tag team partner, my homeboy, Dashing Cam. Um, we talk about wrestling and all that other good stuff. Um, it was a good episode last week. Our last Friday it was a very buggy episode at the end, but a uh, very good episode. But also as well, I did a YouTube update. Um, if you guys subscribe to my YouTube page, you'll know that there's a new video out that's called Here We Are Again. Um, <laughs> it's, another, it's another intro. I've been on YouTube for like two years at this point. Not even like two years like solid. I've just had an account that has videos up for the last two years. Um, I did a good run of videos um, in 2000. 19 i did like four or five videos i was starting up a series and i just like the pandemic happened 2020 happened a lot of a lot of things happened me personally or so um so it was time for a revamp i was able to revamp um how everything looks and kind of like update some things and like i said you guys will see the new quality of the videos and new new because when I first started it, I was just at my I was just in my house. Now I have a studio. Now I have things I can set up. I have lighting. I have all that good stuff. So you guys definitely see a very big bump in production quality. Um, I think I, I think I know what I want to call the YouTube show that I'm going to be doing over there on every other Friday by myself. But yeah, I also have some other things that I want to kind of do. Like I've told you, I'm getting back on my pull list together. Um, I probably may shoot that, or if I don't shoot that, I'll probably. Wait till I have enough um, time to do a live and see if we can get something kind of popping off from there. But I have a lot of comic book shit to talk about. There's a lot of things that I have been reading. There's a lot of things my friends have been writing. Um, dope shit that you guys just need to just go read and check out. I I love comic books a fuck ton. So if, if I can finally get back into talking about comic books, it'll be dope. Because... Um, you probably be like, why don't you just talk about it on the block? The block isn't for that anymore. <laughs> That's just not what the block does. The block is my my place to to kind of rant, rave, talk about new shit, talk about things that are out and about. And there are a lot of comic book podcasts out there. And there are a lot of good, good comic book podcasts out there. It's just looking at my wall right now. We have, of course, the Bat and the Hat. We have the Short Box Podcast. We have Space Castle. They talk about all the good nerdy stuff. And they also talk comic books. We have um, a good bit of people that I know and and subscribe to that talk about comic books. I just want to get like my little nerdy stuff out of my co- little corner of the world. If I did a whole podcast about it. It would add it to another podcast that I already do and produce. And I think I just want to do a little quick YouTube 15, 20 minute show about it. So let's let me do my let me do it. Let me just do that. I love you. Thank you. All right. Um <laughs> Yeah, man. It's just uh there's a lot of things on the horizon. Like I told you guys, next month I'm dropping merch. I keep saying it because I'm going to do it. I'm going to physically and actually do it. So be ready if you want Bobo's Block shirts, stickers, all that good stuff or whatever. I'm going to just do shirts and stickers for the first drop. And I hope you guys like this shirt design. Like I, It's, it's going to be cool to me. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. So, yeah. <laughs> um, for that, like I said, I'm going to try. I'm probably not going to be the f- – if I can get everything together before um, I take my break for the week. Like, yeah, definitely you guys will probably see the drop on the 1st of November. Um, and for that, that'll be like a big thing for me. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, 
I think I think that's about it for the update. So um, we're going to get into the friend of the pod of the week, and that is this week. My homies from Call It Like I Don't See It. Um, <laughs> I had them on the. Well, I've had talked about them on the show before. These are these are the 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 resident dynamic duo um, that I've been hanging with for a bit, man. Um, JP and AD. They literally. <laughs> they literally match my energy and I love it, bro. Um, of course they will be be found on Twitter at call it like I don't and they also have a Instagram and they also have other um things. You can hit up their 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 you can hit up their link tree. I'll put it in the link tree in the description below. But this week's episode that they're doing, they're gonna be talking about Dune, they're talking about Kit Cuddy's uh, Man in the Moon album, they're talking the Batman trailer. GP's got a good comic lined up for you guys as well for the comic corner. Again, other people who talk about comics, man. Um it's it's a dope episode. I enjoyed the hell out of it. They're also talking about Demi Lovato's um alien rights. It, it's very interesting. I don't know what they are, they are up to, but Demi Lovato is always a, a fun topic to to explore nowadays. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead and check them out. Like I said, links in the description below. You'll be able to find all their social medias and their um podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts on the stream. Okay, that'll be down in the description. All right. Oh, <sighs> all right. So we're we're about to get into it, y'all. We're about to do this damn thing, and we're about to go around the net okay so around the net is a little bit long today bro <laughs> let's go ahead let's start off with the easy stuff let's start off with the easy stuff so um tom hardy is back to doing tom hardy things you guys know tom hardy he's a definitely a troll when it comes to social media and things like that he does a lot of um a lot of teases and deleting. So Tom Hardy recently did a current or newer tease. This was kind of back, I want to say, around, yeah, around the twentieth. Um, Tom Hardy put out a, a picture of Venom trying to bite Spider Man, and he goes, "Happy holidays and Halloween snacks," and then he deletes it. Um, if you guys have not seen Venom, let there be carnage, and if you did not get spoiled by the um the in the post credit scenes. I won't do it here, but just know that is very relevant right now from what he's talking about. Um and it it doesn't it doesn't really give us what we want or need because we if you saw it, you know. And we don't know if he's really going to you know. And if he does, damn bro um, but yeah, it's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. Tom Hardy is a big troll and I enjoyed to see him trolling and, and, and anytime he does that. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, next thing up in the docket, we are looking at Jonathan Majors. Um, Jonathan Majors actually got casted to star in Magazine Dreams with Jennifer Fox. Um, and Dan Gilroy is going to be producing it. So, in his, with his latest film, The Heart of They Fall, blowing in theaters today, um, or it's in theaters right now. I believe, did it come in in theaters or did it just go to Netflix? I'll double check on that. But Heart of They Fall, shout out to all of my homies. Jock, he is actually in Heart of They Fall. Um, he is a cowboy, but I am so proud of that young man. Keep your, keep your, keep doing that thing. Keep doing that thing, bro. Um, but yeah, John of the Majors in the Heart of They Fall, one of the main protagonists in Heart of They Fall. 
Um, he isn't looking to slow down anytime soon. He's now set to star in Magazine Dream, the new body bu- a bodybuilding drama from Elijah Bynum. Bynum is writing and directing it, with Majors also set to serve as executive producer on the project under his Tall Street Productions. The script is included on the 2020 blacklist. So that's actually really dope. I, you don't really get to see many um, black bodybuilding stories, but there's a lot of a lot of black people in the bodybuilding community that like don't get enough shine and enough love. I, I, I definitely have always been fascinated by bodybuilding. I think I said this one before, once before on Twitter, like I'm, I'm super fascinated by bodybuilding, but not enough to get into actual bodybuilding. Like the way that they sculpt and, and transform their bodies is really interesting. So yeah, magazine dreams is, is going to be slated for production soon. So you guys definitely, um, be on the lookouts for that. That looks to be a television series. So that, I wonder where that's going to end up at. So hopefully we get some more information on it soon. And yeah, we, we see our boy, um, see our boy, Jonathan majors, our boy, uh, Kang, the conqueror out here getting them gains. <laughs> All right, speaking more into TV news, we actually got a new update on the HBO series Raised by Wolves. Raised by Wolves actually is slated to start season two coming early 22. Um, I have not started Raised by Wolves, but I've always heard amazing things about it. It's a really good sci-fi movie. I'm sorry, sci-fi series. Something that really kind of should have taken the place or taken the, the, um, the, the the crown i would say or the throne from game of thrones on hbo i've heard nothing but dope things about it great cast great story like actual like intriguing story at that so yeah it's a, the plot line for season two goes android partners mother and amanda collin and father um akbar salim along with their blood their brood of six human children will join the newly formed aesthetic colony of Kepler-22B's mysterious tropical zone. Amid navigating the strange society, Mother's natural child ends up threatening to drive away any little remains to human existence. So if you guys don't know Raised by Wolves, basically it's like they sent like six humans off to be ra- like off into space, and they're only raised by two robots. So, yeah, it's... It's interesting. So now they're going to be interacting a little bit more with some some other people and the new colony. So we'll see what happens with that. So, yeah, I'm going to probably try to get into um, season one and I'll let you guys know how I feel about it. And this kind of actually ties into our nerdgasm today. And I'll explain that in a little bit later. But, yeah, um, (laughs) next up on the docket, I want to give a big congratulations and shout outs to Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed, um, and Zelina Vega of WWE. They are your 2021 King of the Ring and the inaugural Queen's Crown Tournament winner. Um, Again, love wrestling. They did this um, last Thursday, I want to say. Yeah, last Thursday out in Saudi Arabia for the Crown Jewel show. Zelina Vega is on a freaking tear right now. And, And Xavier, he has fulfilled a lifelong dream of becoming King of the Ring by doing this. So dope, so amazing, so proud of both of them. Hopefully this only goes up from there, okay? So, yeah, so we definitely, big shout-outs to them, big love, okay? All right, so next up on the docket, we have um, some news on a new remake and a reboot. So 
if you guys know, there's a lot of lot of remakes and reboots happening down the pipeline, but one of them is going to be an interesting one. Um, the CW has picked up a remake of the 4400. Um, if you guys don't know what the 4400 is, it's basically a sci-fi series where 4400 people kind of disappeared. Or no, 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 all right. So it's not 4400 disappeared. So people started disappearing randomly, and in 2000, they're setting this in 2021. 4,400 of them are mysteriously brought right back to to society or civilization. We don't know where they've been. They don't know where they've kind of gone, but everything kind of unravels and and um and it just kind of plays out before our eyes as well as their own. And it's a very interesting trailer that I watched. It's a lot of, firstly, it's a lot of black people. Shout outs to CW for that. Um, it's a lot of black people for whoever they pick this up or whatever. But um. Yeah, they they are all from different time periods, different like I said regions and stuff, but they're all landed in this one spot and they are where is it? Um Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's it's about in Pittsburgh. So yeah, this is really interesting. I'm gonna try and see if I can find more about the original forty four hundred. Looking looking back into things or so and then yeah, see how this kind of plays out for this new one. I think it's actually slated to um premiere very soon. I think it's yeah, yeah, I think it's premiering this Monday. Like, <laughs> I think it's premiering tonight. Or yeah, yeah, tonight from when I'm recording this. So that's that's interesting. I'll definitely be into that. I'll probably see if I can put it on my DVR so I can get, watch it a little bit later. But yeah, uh, keep you guys up abreast upon that. Okay. So what else? What else I got for you on the docket? Oh, um, Margot Robbie's Barbie movie actually just found their kin, and it's none none other than Ryan Gosling, and I'm I'm really intrigued about it. I, I totally didn't remember that Margot Robbie is starring in the Barbie movies, but yeah, but but seeing that these two are going to be paired together, it's going to be very cute, very interesting. I wonder if this is going to be more of an adult take on Barbie, or if this is going to be um. If this is going to be just like a kind of like a kid's movie or so. But yeah, it says that Margot Robbie's Barbie movie looks to have found a skin. Sources tell Deadline that Ryan Gosling's final negotiations to play the iconic Mattel character in Warner Brothers movie centered around the classic doll line. Greta Gerwig is directing the picture and Robbie is playing the titular role. Given his busy schedule, he initially passed on the part, but insiders have added a pre-production dragged out and the studio remained persistent with him. And being their only choice, an opening in his schedule finally appeared and allowing him to sign on. So that's really dope. Um, I know that I would really pick him for Ken as well, too. If we're going like, if this is live action, I definitely want him as Ken as like the perfect, like little, little cornerstone gem to go with Barbie. So, yeah, so that's, <laughs> I'm excited to see what, what comes out of that. So, all right. Moving on in the docket, we are moving into some to ah some some more trailer news. So we got our first trailer for Uncharted. Yeah, we got our first trailer for Uncharted. Uncharted um is the one starting starring Tom Holland, and I, I've always had my reserves about it because Tom Holland was like oh like it's Tom Holland. Um, I haven't see I didn't see him as Nathan Drake, but. This this actually kind of works. I'm gonna say like I watched the trailer in full, and um, they really push 
they pushed the envelope on pulling like direct references from the game and i i applaud that i i love it like we get the whole scene of um nathan falling out of the airplane getting back up into the um into the cargo hold through the boxes and stuff um you get to see the mystery of a lot of things play out but like it's still Tom Holland. I see him as Spider-Man, bro. I see him as still like a, a, I hate to say like a teenager, a kid, but like it's, it's different. And I think I, I think I could be okay with it. I, I'm definitely excited to watch it when it comes out. I think this will be coming out only in theaters. This won't be streaming anywhere. So you guys definitely will have to venture forth into the, the, the wild, the wilderness to, to watch it. Um, so yeah, the, maybe we'll get another trailer maybe it may change my mind a little bit more towards it but i think i i think i can wait a little bit for it <laughs> i think i can wait a little bit for it but it looks great looks really great um next up on the docket we have news from the ahsoka um set that hayden christensen is returning to to like reprise his role as Anakin Skywalker looks to be in the Ahsoka series. And that's interesting. After everything that Hayden Christensen Christensen went through and the flack and shit he got for playing this role and, and like all the, the 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 fandom hatred and shit. Like he was the original Rose Tico. Sorry that was a horrible joke, but like he was the like there's always something that Star Wars fans hate. Like, they, we love things, but there's always something they just hate and they can't get over it, whether it's Jar Jar Binks, whether it's Hayden Christensen, whether it's, like I said, Rose Tico, whether it's Ray, like, whether it's the literal storyline of the last two movies. They they have to find something to hate, and they go so hard on it. But I really am excited that Hayden Christensen is happy to come back as Anakin Skywalker. I, I do have my, um, my thoughts about the episode one two and three um prequel trilogy but like i said i i enjoyed him in the role he he fit it very well and he you saw his dissension into madness a lot better than people give him credit for so yeah um that is something that is lovely to hear that he's he's coming back to be her annie and um rosario dawson is definitely hyped for it she's one person who was very vocal about being excited on, on social media. If you guys go check out, I believe it's her Instagram. She has like a little letter or a little note that she wrote to Anakin as Ahsoka. So yeah, it's a little, it's dope. It's adorable. I love it. All right. So I think now we're going to get into a little bit of the tough stuff. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go ahead and, um, I'm going to go ahead and start with this one. So, um, beloved actor and Emmy Award winning actor Peter Scolari, he has passed away and it, and it seems to be from cancer. Um, it It's a hard thing for someone like said who was such a beloved actor and he's currently actively acting. He was in the CBS show Evil, um, but he is known f- mostly for his um, his. Emmy Award winning performance in Bosom Buddies with Tom Hanks. He's also known for Newart and Girls and among numerous of other credits. I really enjoy Peter Scalari. He's a great, great actor, and I enjoyed all the work that he has provided for us. But, yes, he is no longer with us, and I'm so saddened to hear that. And I send condolences out to his friends, family, and colleagues. You guys definitely have our hearts because to lose someone that close or to lose someone at all to cancer is just uh, it's hard 
it's hard. So my love and my love is out to you guys. He is survived by his wife, Tracy, Shane, and his children, Nicholas, Joseph, Keaton, and Callie. Um, he was previously married to Deborah Stiegel and Kathy Trian. So, yeah. My, yeah. All right. And, and also other tragic news. All right. So, last, I think over the weekend, um, the 23rd, this is what it has um, stated. There was a... There was a very big incident that occurred. Um, I believe it was Friday, most likely. I think it was like the 22nd. So on the production set of the Western Rust, um, there stars like Alec Baldwin, Jaden Eccleson, and a couple other people. Alec Baldwin, he discharged or shot a prop gun, which he was told that was, or he felt that was a cold gun, like not loaded or not live as a live round in there. He shot that gun and he killed, um, Russ cinematographer, cinematographer, Helena Hutchinson. Um, she was injured on set, but later on succumbed to her injuries. And that's a very difficult topic or subject to, to deal with because when it comes to productions and things like this, we're, we're, we want to have the safest environments, but things that happen that are out of our control are things that we could have taken um, a little bit more seriously to where someone should have done like a triple check, especially when it comes to guns. Like it's hard to just be like, well, just don't have guns on set. Like these are prop guns and these are guns that are supposed to be loaded with blank rounds, but then there's still, like, things that can occur, like debris and things of that nature. Like, Baldwin didn't, he, no matter what you feel about Alec Baldwin, he did not intentionally mean to kill this, this cinematographer, this woman, this wife, this mother, this daughter. He feels such a, a horrid, like, regret about this. And I can't, say like i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh well you should just forget like it's a thing that happened we have to at least talk about it we have to let things process out the way they do because these things have happened before it's things like set of resident evil um on the set of the crow like these are the most notable ones like this has happened multiple times There, there has to be a way that we can figure out how to take care of our casting crew in a safe way um, because even the BBC was talking about this as well, that like, how do we secure the safety of people on set? Like the tragedy that happened should not, should not happen again. Um, the, there was, they, like I said, the BBC also goes through a few things like who's responsible. What are the normal rules for this stuff? Like there are, and they're now, um, protest and, and demonstrations about having safeties on set. Cause like I said, again, blanks can definitely kill someone. This is literally advice that they usually include with the industry wide labor management safety committee. Um, there you're supposed to treat all firearms like they are loaded and live. Even if you're calling cold gun, don't ever point them at anybody. Don't ever point in the direction of people who are in the vicinity of the, of the set or so it's hard. It's really hard. And like I said, this thing, this happened. And now we have to mourn the death of a beloved 
friend, mother, wife, cinematographer, colleague, coworker, like all that. Like there's gonna be have to be a major conversation that happens on here. Um They I'm gonna I'm, I'm, like I said, there's a lot that we can talk about. And also when it comes to safety on set, that brings us into our next and I wanna probably say last. No, no, no. I got a few more things. I got a few more things. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna end you guys out on a horrible note. Um, our next story. So, if you guys remember, Ruby Rose was um, Batwoman for like a season, and during, I believe, the Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, yeah, the Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, crossover, she announced that she was not gonna come back as Batwoman. We were like, oh, she's stepping away, and things like. <laughs> Oh, sorry, she's stepping away and things like that. She said it's for her health. The suit was too tight, and they, I, I, it was a very weird exit. We'll say that because when I first heard the the whole oh the suit just it, it hurt me and it, this that and third I was like we can change the suit that we change suits for everybody every single season like. Literally, we give them upgrades, we make them looser, we make them do this and that and the third. Like, but again, she also was saying about mental anguish and things like that. And you, you, you can't really just tell somebody that, oh, get back in this shit because I want you as this role. Like, it's that's not your place as a fan. And also, what we've been doing now, it's been working out really well. We have a new replacement. We have the new Kate Kane that is on Batwoman. We have Javica. Um, who is currently playing um, Batwoman as well. Um, her character's name is Ryan. I wanted to say Ryan. And we have Batwing finally debuted. We have Alice on this. Like, we have all of the things that have been pressing for it. But Ruby Rose, in a current or a recent interview, came forward and was like, this is what really happened. Um, and I don't want to, I'm not going to be silent on it anymore. So Ruby Rose was saying that she experienced tremendous traumatic like tremendous like neglect and traumatic um injuries and mental like I said mental anguish while working on batwoman just through the conditions of the stunts and she got injured and needed surgery and they wanted her back like 10 days after there was accusations of um there was accusations of other batwoman cast members that basically painted it as that um one of them the actor I'm trying to get the name now um where is it sorry 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 guys it's just <laughs> just kind of I have a lot of tabs open, my bad. Yeah, one of the actors who played her father, um, Duggery Scott, that he was very rough with the stunt women and that he, um, it's just a lot of bad, bad shit that's coming out of it. WB has um, kind of kind of answered back as well. They defend that, um, they defended that Duggery has not done anything like that are and they also basically said that they also had 
issues with Kate. I'm sorry, issues with Ruby Rose. He said we condemn the comments made by Ruby Rose about Gregory Scott. Warner Brothers has found Mr. Scott to be consummate, yeah, a consummate professional, and never received any allegation against him of bullying or of abuse or behavior of his part. Mr. Scott was greatly respected and admired by his colleagues and was a leader on the set. The studio noted in statement, Warner Brothers Television did not pick up Ruby Rose's option for additional seasons because of multiple complaints about her workplace behavior that were extensively reviewed by the studio. So it's a he said, she said, he said, she said thing at this point because they're like, well, people didn't want to fuck with Ruby Rose and Ruby's always like, oh, I left because I wasn't getting fucked with um, by by the studio because they wanted me to to come back right after I've gotten gotten surgery and stuff. And she did. She I will commend her. She did come back. 10 days after having surgery. And she said that probably was not the best decision. That was when she was originally exiting. Um, there are other things that you can say here and there, but there is always a, there is always a way to believe what you're hearing from anybody. What I would say is that for things like this, the working conditions of Superhero shows such as like The Flash, Arrow, um, Legends of Tomorrow, and Batwoman have been noted to be very, very rough at times. Um, a lot of these these stunts are very taxing on people's bodies. Like I said, injuries do occur a lot. And like I said, there has been workplace conflict between multiple characters and multiple um, not characters, like actors and either the studio or actors in the um yeah, actors in the actual cast or so. Like take um take Cisco Ramon. Like if you guys remember Cisco I, I'm trying to get his get his <laughs> his actual name. Yeah, cause he is a very good um very good kind of example of this. So Carlos Valdez left or he's leaving the flash. Um, season seven was his last season and he decided to step away um, from the role. He was said, I'm the child of an immigrant. So the whole ethos is earn your place or a card. And that is what I did for a long time. And if you guys looked at the flash, you kind of saw a lot of diminishing returns when it came to Cisco. Um, Carlos was very happy to be on on the flash and everything, but there's a lot of stuff that was happening behind the scenes that he was no longer happy with. And you could see that come through in his portrayal of the character over the latter seasons. And you could just kind of tell that he was, he was done. Um, so it's no, no secret that shit like this happens with CW shows. Like people want to get free of a lot of basically of an abusive and oppressive employer um and i'm not trying to give warner brothers a pass or anything like that but if there is like i said workplace allegations against ruby rose of course she's going to try and paint herself in the best of light but it but if there is someone telling you that this person was a bully this person was um this person was very aggressive or so believe that as well because you can't negate anyone's story and that's the biggest thing here like i said you want to believe the best out of these studios or whatever, but you also have to 
realize that sometimes reality is perception of what's happening to you. And if this is what Ruby Rose said is happening to her and this is how she felt, that is the reason for her to step away. But she also said she was fired. Um, they didn't like WB even also said it too. We didn't, we didn't exercise our right to pick her up for the next season. And this was why. So yeah, there's a lot going on in play, but again, just take what you have or hear about this with a grain of salt from both ends, because you never know how it may all end out after everything comes out to the light for, for good. So yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, that's all I want to say on that subject. So let's move on to the next topic. So keeping it in the DC universe, um, we got some new news from the Batgirl set. Um, again, I told you I'm not leaving you guys on a bad note. Um, um, we got a new news that Brendan Fraser has actually been picked up to star as a villain in Batgirl. We don't know yet, but speculation um, is showing that he may be playing the villain Firefly. I love this Brendan Fraser renaissance that's been happening over the past few years with Doom Patrol and, and all the other projects that he's been taking up. Um, he's been in other major movies as well. Um, I, I'm very, very happy to see him in a healthier place in his life and acting career. Um, so yeah, that's really dope for him. And I'm excited to, to see what comes of that. All right. Next up in the docket, Transformers seven has been, um, set to wrap up filming. So yeah, so we're basically going to have a new Transformers movie. And isn't it crazy that we're at seven Transformers movies? Like my God, like seven of these movies, Jesus. Um, but we got pictures of the new old new old retro version oh new old retro version of Optimus Prime and geez it is clean I love it like it's it looks amazing so this one is actually um Rise of the Beast so there's going to be probably a Beast Wars tie-in and we've been doing a lot a lot of Beast Wars tie-ins if you guys saw the Netflix show um that had the Rise of the Beast as well in there and that said now this one is going to be you were going to probably get our first look at the Maximals and the Predacons. I'm I'm hyped because that is where I started Transformers. Beast Wars was my Transformers series to begin with. So, yeah, to see Optimus Primal would be amazing. Um, we get to see a new Galvatron or, or a new Megatron that's going to be pulling up. Um, of course, like I said, Retro Optimus or Optimus in his retro look is going to be pulling up as well to Optimus Prime. Um it's a lot. Like, I really didn't think we would have made it here, but hey, here we are. Like, they, they really did seven Transformers movies. They're catching up to Fast and the Furious, and I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> All right, moving on to the docket as well. Snapchat is kind of um, introducing a new feature. This is tech stuff. I'm last two are tech things because so I like tech things. Um, <laughs> Snapchat is introducing a new feature called Family Center. Um, the Verge reports that Family Center actually may um, give you a little bit more parental control over what your teen is doing. Um, they want to make it a lot safer on Snapchat by introducing this parental control so you can see who's in your kids' DMs and shit. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, with the Wall Street Journal Tech Live, they did an interview with CEO Evan Spiegel, spoke of this vision of allowing parents to, 
to hold their teens' hands while the kids are navigating Snapchat. One of the goals of the product is to open up dialogue between parents and their children about their experiences on the app, said Spiegel, hoping to align with parents in a time where similar platforms are negatively affecting young teens. During this interview, Spiegel also mentioned that there is an in-house parental control system in the works called Family Center. So, yeah, so this, if you've seen, so I am, I am a Snapchat OG, like legitimately. I've been with the app since it literally started. It's crazy to see what it's developed into. It's been trying to keep up and keep pace with a lot of the newer apps. It's added their spotlight feature. It gives you like a TikTok feel. And it also has other things like such as the map feature so you can track um, your friends, family, or whoever you have connections with, if they allow you access for that. They have a lot of things that they've been doing with Snapchat. But this Family Center is very new because it's like they said, they want to, they want parents to hold their teenagers' hands because there's a lot of things that be happening on Snapchat that you don't want your kid involved in. And I understand that. And then this is like this is showing that the progression or the the age of Snapchat is really reflective in how it's being ran because when Snapchat was first out, it was like a hookup thing and you could send news and this and that. And they, they kind of garnered a reputation of what happens on Snapchat stays on Snapchat. And, um, now with this, you're kind of seeing that, Hey, what happens on Snapchat can also be seen by your parents. So don't fuck up. Um, especially for kids. Cause it's a dangerous thing to have these, these apps in like, in the hands of teenagers who are readily ready to make mistakes at any given point. And that that's a mentality shift that we have as adults, because when we were 20 something, when we were like first getting into or when first Snapchat was first coming to life, we didn't care what came out. It disappears. It, it just happens. But like now that we, we have kids and shit. Now we want like, Hey, I, I know what's happening on Snapchat. Let me make sure my child is not doing the same things I were doing on Snapchat. I don't even have kids, but I, definitely like i would worry about my nieces and nephew because like they, they use snapchat my nephews use snapchat a lot but i don't know what they're sending on there i i'm, I'm not trying to con- i'm not trying to build a, a a box of control around them but like i just want to know that they're safe i think family center will probably be a little step too far but it, it'd be something that most people with kids who use snapchat and they also use snapchat as parents would probably be okay with having so yeah and um, lastly, in the docket, I'm going to go ahead and end off with this because it's finally something that I'm, like, super excited about. So, I caught wind of this new little toy. This guy, I don't even say toy. This is a whole-ass vehicle. Um, this is a real-life electric vehicle that is <laughs> legit. It's like a pod racer on steroids. Like, it's called the Jetson because it's a flying personal vehicle. It looks like a little car, um, and it, it get, gets it. Like, you have a propulsion of four propellers on each side of it or so. And like I said, you you can fly anywhere with this thing. It's, like I said, it's like a pod racer, and you just good up and go. Like, if you guys definitely go and check it out, this is from Mashable. Mashable has their first look um, of the little of the little pod racer or the Jetson. And I, I am hyped. I'm excited about it. Like it, it, it is something that screams the future. It really does. Like this is something that I can finally see someone putting in their front yard and getting into taking off and then leaving. Like it, I 
am excited, yeah. But it's like a Swedish company that um, has put this together and they made personal electric vehicle. Um, so this is no gas, no nothing. This is all electric. And like I said, it was very reminiscent or very inspired by pod racing and all the other little um, futuristic things that we've been wanting to do. The Jetson is a one craft that can fly up to 20 minutes at a time. So think about now, it's at 20 minutes at a time. Think about when we finally get the technology right and, and going. It literally should be able to replace cars. Like, mm, I love it. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how much it costs, but it it is something that probably may be on my wish list very soon. It gets up to 100 kilometers an hour, and it can continue flying after losing one of its four propellers or four motor, motors. So, yeah, that's dope because if something would happen, I don't want to just crash. Is the commercial versions will be in prototype in 2023. So that's literally two years from now. And the price is, yeah, it's not cheap to pay yeah, the price. is $92,000. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. $92,000. So, yeah, I'm probably not going to be getting this anytime soon. But once it becomes mass approvable, I'm definitely going to want to get my hands on a Jetson 1. Um there's a lot of little things I want to I want to get or so so yeah that that that'll probably be another day another another time where I probably do a whole tech nerdgasm of all the gadgets and vehicles and stuff that I really want so yeah that'll be fun yeah, yeah I'll definitely make that a nerdgasm one day so um I think that will be it for around the net like I said I want to end you guys off on a good note it's good techie note so I'm gonna go ahead and kick you into the musical break this one is actually um a new um new artist i discovered as well his name is dorian godson this is marathon by dorian godson i'm sorry dorian goodson sorry i said godson <laughs> dorian goodson and this is really dope i'll put the link in the description below in the timestamps you guys can check him out and check out all the rest of his music on soundcloud as well okay uh, so marathon by produced by dorian my speed yeah my last name my business we a llc couple years you need a job man come see me this is serious discussion f whoever thought it wasn't man i'm trying to give jobs to those who look like me yeah yeah sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday love sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday love sunday Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, love Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, love. 
All right, and that was again Marathon, produced by Dorian. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that. Like I said, again, just a, a, a um, artist that came across my my path, and I was like, damn, I need to put the guys, put you guys on because I love sharing the music with you guys. There's a lot more that is coming down the pipeline, and if you guys have anybody that you want to share with me, go ahead and hit me up on social. I'll definitely love to um, put people on to the music of the week as well because like I have a particular genre of like music I like as well, and I. I always love discovering new things whether it be alternative whether it be like said um rock pop all that good stuff hip-hop chill chill wave um a lot of edm like said i i listen to it all so i definitely would be down for any musical recommendations that you guys pull through on my on my end okay all right so <laughs> if you're looking at the the name of the episode and wondering why this is called theatrical catfishing because we are talking about Dune. We are going to do a review. Uh, not a, will this be a review? This is just gonna be it. This is gonna be a nerdgasm rant about about Dune. Um, so let's go ahead and start off with this Dune. If you guys don't know, it's already a remake of an uh, old classic, which was already an adaptation of a book series so there was a lot to pull from for this movie and we somehow still ended up making all the wrong decisions to me to me they made a lot of the wrong decisions so we're gonna we're gonna dive into a lot of this and talk about it from here so dune has been a thing that we've been um collectively as a fandom hype for since the the beginning of last year when we first got those shots of Oscar Isaac and, and we got those shots of Timothy Chalamet and, and fucking um, Zendaya and all that stuff like that. Like we got some amazing shots and that's the, that's the thing about Dune. Dune is beautiful. It is very cinematography heavy and like it's, it gives you those moments of just sternfully staring off into the distance. And honestly, that's a lot of the things that I, I, I'm going to talk about today. Um, so Dune. Dune is a sci-fi series that I did not get into before. I'm I'm a big sci-fi nerd, but I never really, it never came across my radar. I've I've done a lot of fantasy um, fandoms, such as like Lord of the Rings. I said I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Babylon Five, Battle Battlestar Galactica. Like I said, I, I love like very epic ass sci-fi. And this one just I don't know. It it did it for me in some areas, but it really it really let me down on a lot of others. So Dune was Dune was the one of the things that I kinda didn't hype up in my head because again I didn't know that much about it and I wasn't really ready for a new thing to dive into. And I think one thing that Dune this movie, the twenty twenty one version of Dune greatly suffers from is that it's setting itself up to be a big franchise without really establishing a first movie that's going to be a hit. Like, there are things in this movie that you really aren't going to get paid off for until either the next one that they're going to do or a hell of a lot more movies down the line. Um, the, the, the entire first half of the movie... I really, I did not know what was going on. And there was no real, like, through plot of anything. Like, you kind of understood. Like, you're on this planet. Um, There's a revolutionary of, of, like, the original, like, the 
the native people against their oppressors and there's an emperor who's ruling them all who you never really ever get to to like know or meet or learn anything about just through mention he's just like that that bigger higher thing um and there's there, let's start here there's a lot of terminology that they throw at you that you're just supposed to know and it's just this is a thing that that happens with a lot of older sci-fi fandoms or older like um older like adaptations of things or so like either you know this stuff or you're going to just be lost until you figure it out. So there's an article that was put out by CNET that was definitely needed last night for me, but I did not even know about it until today. It's called Dune's movie. Yeah, Dune, a guide to all the terminology you need to know. There there are a lot of shit. So like I said, so first like I said the emperor. Um you don't know much about him at all. Or you you kind of get that he is like evil. <laughs> you get the sense he's evil and he's just very stern like like I'm playing this game of chess that is bigger on a galactic scale but like you don't get to that scale at all in this movie so here's what Cena had to say about him so let's, let's firstly give a shout out to Russell Holly because Russell Holly has read the Dune books and has known this knowledge his whole life and this seeing this being portrayed is probably like the joy of his life um, so the Emperor after several galactic wars begin you don't know about these shits, bro. <laughs> One of them was against robots. The great houses of the universe decided that there needed to be a ruling body of sorts to dictate how things would be. Dune universe is now controlled by a single ruling family, the House of Carino. We get small mention of it. Um, the head of the house is the emperor, Shaddam IV. He is the 81st emperor of the known universe as the movie starts. 68-year-old emperor worries about his place as emperor and thanks to rumored he poisoned his 138-year-old father. Like, I knew none of this. Going, like, you get none of this in the movie. And I knew, like, I'm learning more about this universe by reading this little article. Just this little snippet so far. Then I got the whole movie. Spice. They explain Spice in the movie, but you get like, I want to say, 45 minutes into the movie when they start explaining Spice. Like, I, this is actually something that's supposed to literally be very vital to them. So everything in the universe requires mind-altering drug to continue at its current pace. So niggas be off that Spice, and they be off that Spice hard. I don't, like, it even makes your eyes turn blue. So this is, this is a thing that you notice for, about the people who live on this world. Um, Arrakis. That's the name of the world that we're focused or centered on in this movie. Like you, you first see um, Arrakis in the beginning, where Zendaya, the 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 main catfish of this goddamn movie, um, is giving a nice exposition about the people how they're basically they thought they were going to win their independence, but they really didn't. They The people who were oppressing were just called back by the emperor. Now we have to see who our new oppressors are. And then enters Timothy Chalamet's family. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, there's spice, like I said, everything. It's a hallucinative drug that's like, everybody needs to do like everything. You gotta use this shit for space travel and all that shit. It's crazy. Um, and they're mining it on Arrakis because like, it's just filled with spice. Um, and I think that's the only place it could be, be like, yeah, the only place it could be found. So, yeah. So now we're also getting into some sub villains, um, house Harakonin, 
Um, yeah, these were basically like the Klingons of this of this shit. Like they they were like the war ridden, hard, tactical. Like oh, we're coming in, we're gonna kill every fucking body, alien race. And um, this notably had um Dave Batista, and um the head of it was I can't remember his first name. I, it's the father of it's the Skarsgård father. That's I know that he was he played the scientist in Thor and all this stuff like that. But yeah, like th- these people, like they're like, they're set up for to be the big bad, but they're set up to be a big bad, honestly, in the next movie. Like they do some fucked up shit in this, but like, damn, like it's very downplayed or so. Um, they just kind of wreck shit out of nowhere at around like the the second and third act. Like they just they're like, you know what, fuck it, boom, take it back. Like because they originally were the ones who were in control of Arrakis, and then the Emperor was like, go the fuck away. I'm sitting in these other people. And then they were like, we want to take Arrakis back because that's our shit. And they fucking take it back. Like, they succeed. Like, honestly, they succeed. We fucking, like, if we are if we are the heroes in this shit, or if Timothy Chalamet is, they, they lost hard. Um, House of Trades. This is the house of Timothy Chalamet, Oscar Isaac, um, and, and Jason Momoa and stuff like that. Um, this is their house where they are the they're one of the popular or great houses of the universe. Duke Leto Atreides um, and the rest of his family and build a reputation doing the right thing and helping those in need. They're incredibly popular and it's believed that they run mining operations on Arrakis that would keep everyone in spice for a very long time. So this is the reason why we're going to Arrakis because, yeah. Um, and then you also have the, the people of Arrakis, the Freemen. Um, someone pointed out, they was like, Freeman sounds a lot like Freeman. And it was a lot of people of color on on Arrakis that we were trying to kill and eradicate. So, hey, mm, deep blue within their eyes. Um, that That's because they live there and they constantly breathe in that spice and it makes their eyes turn blue. Their whole eyes blue, not just the retina. And they call their eyes the Ibad. Yeah, so you also see Freeman wielding a Cyrus knife, uh, Cry's knife is a sacred weapon forged from the tooth of a giant sandworm. That's a big thing that's in this movie as well. There's also the suits that they wear in the desert. They're called steel suits. Arrakis is extremely hot in the desert. There's no moisture in the air. And being outside in normal clothes in an extended period of time is almost catastrophic. Everyone who lives in Arrakis, including Fremen, still wears steel suits to survive in the harsh environment. So, yeah. Um, this is a big thing. Benin Gersit. Um, Benin Gesserit. I, I can't even say these shits. Like, these are things that are just casually said throughout the goddamn movie. There's an intergalactic guild of supernaturally enhanced women in this universe called the Benin Gesserit. Also, among the others, these women are can alter the chemical composition of their own bodies to create poisons and manipulate others through a power of suggestion called the voice. Um, yeah, and it's really crazy because, like, you have to follow... You have to follow. So here's my thing. Everybody has these dope ass names or whatever, except for Jason Momoa, Timothy Chalamet, and his mother, Rebecca Ferguson. They are Jessica, the mom, Paul, Timothy, and Duncan Idaho. Jason Momoa. This nigga's name is Duncan Idaho. When has ever Jason Momoa looked like a Duncan Idaho? Bruh. Bruh. But yeah, so we're following 
Paul and Jessica seems like they're going to be the main characters for this because the whole thing is kind of basic. You you don't know how it's like if you never got into the universe. This thing this thing is set up very weird. Um, we also have to realize that this is only a small portion of the original book and not the the vast adaptation that was back in the 80s because again they're setting this up for multiple movies like you can tell within the actual thing it's very hard to get into the groove of things because like you really don't know if this is something that you're going to see like in a couple minutes or if this is something i have to wait for the next installment to come out part two so like there's there's this one moment where literally um paul uses his power of the of like the of the the ancient women and things like that um he uses power to see something in the future that helps him survive in the present but he hasn't learned the lesson yet he only will learn it later but he's using that lesson that he learned later now like do you see the weird loops that they go through to make this work like it's so awkward and even then i was like okay we're gonna here's the guy that we teach that teaches him this he fucking murders him like, I, I don't even know if that was a na- the same guy. I, there's a lot of black people who just die in this movie. Let's get to that. The reason why I say they make a lot of the wrong decisions, a lot of people that are set up as really dope, and this, again, this is not anything probably on the actual actors or the direction of the, 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 the um, the direction of like the cast and other things like that. And then the DPs, like this is something that's probably on the actual narrative. I don't know if this stayed true to the book, but if it did, what the fuck, bro? Because, um, a lot of people, so I'm going to start with saying there were a lot of people that I didn't realize were in this movie, in this goddamn movie. So again, like I told you, um, Dave Bautista, I didn't realize he was in this goddamn movie. Jason Momoa, I didn't realize until like a little bit like I, what was it like? They they started doing like actual commercials for Dune, and he kept doing that. Oh, it's time to fight like demons! And I was like, oh shit, Jason Momoa's in this goddamn movie. We knew Oscar Isaac, we knew a lot of the other cast members from the original promotional, um, promotional pictures. Like I said, Rebecca Ferguson. We knew Timothy Chalamet. We knew Zendaya was gonna be in it. We knew, um, like I said, yeah, the, like the main people that they really wanted to hype but like jason moe was nice also josh brolin is in this fucking movie and he's really good because it's josh brolin but like he's in this movie he i don't even know if he's dead or not but like he's not they said fuck that on his character um like i said jason momoa he dies um there is also a pivotal um black character she dies i want to get her name um because I, I i'm trying to get her character name and i once i get her character name i'll probably also get her her actress's name and this is she was one of the um she was one of the major people who we were hyped to see in the actual promotional pictures all right here we go here we go so her her character name was liet kinis or let kinis she's played by sharon Duncan Brewster. She is a great character, great actress in this. I enjoyed every moment or every scene she was in because she really, like, she brought it. She fucking brought it, but they murdered her. Like, what the fuck, bro? Like, anybody who you actually cared about was murdered. Um, <laughs> like, I'll go through. So, yeah, um, Bob's, <laughs> Bob's Alusun Manku murdered. Um, Chang Chin murdered. Stephen McKinley murdered. 
Javier Javier Bardem was someone I also did not realize he was in this. That was that was dope. Um, he plays a great character. I enjoy his character. I think he's going to be very pivotal in the next movie because we see him set up and then we meet him again at the end. Like that's so he plays Stig, um, Stilgar. Like again, you see how weird these names are. Like Stilgar and fucking Pierre De Viers and Trufur Hwat and Leit Kiddens, and we're following fucking Paul and Jessica. What is happening here? We have these amazing characters that you you could really be focusing on and building upon and like actually giving us something to care about with these characters. Like even with Jason Momoa's character, Duncan Idaho, like I gave a little bit of a fuck because they kind of set him up. But again, like we just knew he was a badass and we always just stand Jason Momoa. So that's understandable. Oscar Isaac was Leo um, Lito Atreides. He was a great lead up into this but he also had kind of a little nothing to do um let's get into like i said that's why i say this is a lot of catfishing because they get you hyped about these actors and actresses who are playing these roles and and they're getting them um stellan stellan scars guard he's playing vladimir um that is dave batista's brother it's crazy right and he's like the leader of the hakukin or whatever, however you say it but again they get you hyped up about a lot of these characters and then they just kind of drop the ball and say, oh, yeah, they also die. Like, they just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this person that you're really here to see or this person you're hyped to see, yeah, they're dead. Like, I, I and people be like, well, the thing is, like, the focus is supposed to be on Timothy Chalamet. I don't see it. Like, I, like he has all these visions and all these things are supposed to be happening. I get what they're, what they're trying to do with it, but they're, they're, they didn't build it the right way, in my opinion. They made a lot of bad narrative decisions that I feel as if, like, okay, cool. Like, I see where you're going, but come on. Like, you have to give me something. Like, Zendaya had literally, like, a quick exposition at the front. And then you didn't hear her speak until, I want to say, an hour or 50 minutes into this movie again. Like, nigga, what? Like, people, like, they they constantly showed her throughout the movie, but she was either longfully looking off into the distance or being some kind of, like, dreamy, dr- like, dreamy daydream type shit for him in the in the middle of, like, a deadly-ass battle or, or running for our lives from a giant sandwich. It was very weird how they made her the longful, like, the like the, the longingful, um, doting, quiet girlfriend, even though she hadn't even met this man yet. Like, and it was just also weird when they finally kind of met for the first time because, like, a lot of things happen in this movie that they just set up and then just like, Oh, okay, cool. Boom. All right, move forward. So like there was a scene where Timothy, um, I'm sorry, Paul and Jessica in the desert and they were trying to like get to the Furman. And then for some reason they were almost eaten by a worm. So they got away from that, but then they walked into a thing, a Canyon or so. And then he's like, we're not alone. They also have, that's another thing. They also have this weird ass fucking sign language. They never explain. It's just a, a, a non-verbal way of communication that is not that is not readily picked up at first 
it just started doing subtitles. And then I had to realize, oh, they're signing to each other and it's in their language because I don't recognize any of that as American sign language because of course they're not American. They're, they're aliens. They're, they're in the universe. Like, but if you're going to do that, set that up, let, let us explore that and figure it out. Because again, like it's only like him and his mom and like a trusted person ever really do it. And I think that other trusted person is dead. Um, because again, why everybody might as well be dead, bro. Like, I don't know. Um, it's just very hard to get into this movie when you know that they're really just setting it up for something later. And you have a moment where you think Oscar Isaac is going to kind of get a little bit of revenge. Cause they damn sure net stark him. Like <laughs> you, you want bet You want the best for a lot of these characters, but it, like it is another game of Thrones thing. You don't know who's going to die next or why or when. And they don't have eight seasons to set all this shit up. They really just have this movie and this movie is going to be a hit regardless of what, what reviews or anything comes out or whatever. It's going to be a hit no matter what. So they're going to get the second one off. They have to get the second one off because the second one will actually explain what the fuck is going on. Hopefully like there's things that have been set up to where like, we know he's going to he's like, like, I'm trying not to say a lot of stuff to spoil it, but like there's a lot of stuff they set up within the movie through these visions, through a lot of things that Timothy says. And it's just weird. Like overall, this is a good movie. This is a long, long movie. A lot of it could have been cut and just kind of stapled into like, Oh, we're here. This is why we're here. We're going to go ahead and start the, start the drama. Like, but no, we have to set up all the pre, pre shit and then with the pre shit it doesn't really matter because it's also leading into this thing that's going to be happening in the next movie and then from there then we lead into this and then he's like i'm going to get a knife somebody's going to hand me a knife and i don't know where it's going to come from who's going to do it but they're going to do it and then like an hour and a half later someone finally hands me the fucking knife and i'm just like this is what we've been waiting for there's a whole thing where they go through like him learning how to walk in the sand without triggering the worms and he never does it he never fucking sand walks like he learned on his goddamn thing. Like, why would you even watch that if you're not going to, like, actually execute the movements? I don't understand, like, a lot of the decisions that were made in this. Like, it's it's just, it's just very interesting that you, like, this is the thing that was done in a multiple series of books that adapted into a very cult acceptedly classic movie and now given the big big budget platform blockbuster treatment and i still don't know what the fuck is going on like i really don't i don't know what's happening i'm probably gonna have to watch it a couple more times to actually understand shit and now that i have this guideline and terminology and all the lore and backstory it probably make a little bit more sense i'm like the first impressions of dune are i really am like I, I I have to wait till the next movie. That's really all I I have to wait till the next movie. And really, even then, all the people that I want to see aren't going to be there. And I'm just following Paul and Jessica. And hopefully Zendaya gets to talk more. Like, it's this is theatrical catfishing at its best. This is get you in with the names and get you in with the, the draw of the people that, 
that are going to probably put on some good performances for a few scenes and that's all the money we got for them like a lot of the cgi budget probably killed a lot of these actors budgets to stay in this film longer or again like that could just be a narrative thing i don't know i haven't read the books like now i want to go back and read all fucking six of these goddamn doom books so i can understand what's going on a little bit better but i don't have time for that what do i have time to read six books that are probably as thick as fuck probably thick as the lord of the rings and i just have to go through it i just have to go through it like jesus christ um again this is only just a little portion of the first book there's there's i've been told it's like there's a sister there's other other galactical houses that we have to meet like there's a lot of shit and, it, and this is this shouldn't have been a movie by itself this should have been a series this really should have been a series given more time to flesh out a lot of these these things that i really have been kind of racking my brain about and again giving us more time to flesh out a lot of these characters because there's a lot of people that you can fucking follow in this in this series and in this movie but we don't there was a whole scene where jason momoa is like yeah i just got back from one of the deadliest shit i've ever done in my life like i fought this many people and da 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 and we don't see any of it i would have loved to seen that that would have made Duncan more of a badass in my in my ear. Like I just know he's a badass because he's Jason Momoa. Like, and there's this interesting tribalistic style of fighting that they do for them to be all such advanced spacefaring like entities, beings, and stuff, and races. They really just fight like they are going straight out of like like. Um, Samoan culture at times and uh, it fits for Jason Momoa but you see Josh Brolin and shit like doing like almost like a haka and I'm like what is happening and then like Dave Bautista's race like for some reason I don't think anybody uses like guns I don't know how that happens but nobody uses guns like there there are things that you fire or whatever but like and everything is hand-to-hand combat but that works well with the stunts and shit or whatever and it's very safe but like Everything is hand-to-hand combat with these with these people. There's spears, there's swords, there's knives, there's daggers. There's there's a lot of things, and they have these little personal shields. Like you can make a personal shield, but you can't make a gun. Like Timothy Chalamet was the only person who really pulled out a gun, and I think he stole it from somebody else. And then that back to that. So that scene that I was talking about, where Timothy Chalamet and his mom met the Fremen for the first time. Timothy was like, they were like, oh, yeah, we can use the boy. He is, um, he's useful. He's young. He can be trained in our ways. The woman, not so useful. Whatever. Fuck her. And then they were about to try to take out her mom. And then they didn't know that her mom, or Timothy's mom, was a fucking badass. Rebecca Ferguson is one of the, um, basically the space witches. And he, she takes the leader down and puts a knife to his throat. And he's like, oh, shit, you didn't tell us you were badass. So, yeah, you cool. You can come with us now. Like, no, you were literally just trying to kill me two seconds ago. Like, and Timothy, for some reason, like, he boom, boom, takes off. And then he runs up to the top of the hill and he points the gun down. Like, why are you going to a sniper position? What is that useful for, bro? Like, what is happening? Like, it's just very weird narrative beats. And I'm just. I have to watch it again so I can figure out what the fuck is going on, try and figure out some semblance of a, of a plot line that I can follow. And I love sci-fi. I love sci-fi and space sci-fi and fantasy and shit like that. But this one, this one's tough, y'all. This one's tough. So I definitely will 
<sighs> try it again or something. I don't know. I, I want to believe in the hype as, as much as everyone's been putting on for this movie, but it's just something that just, I can't let slide or can't just ignore or whatever, because again, just logic, like just logic. Um, yeah, watch the movie and definitely make your own opinion for yourself as well. If you love it, I'm so happy because like, again, that's something that's for you. That's something that you can get into and have people to talk about it with. But again, I just have to watch it again and see if, if it changes my mind. But for right now, I'm just waiting for the sequel and hopefully for Zendaya to say words. <laughs> um, so that that's it for the nerdgasm. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. You guys definitely know you can find me anywhere that you stalk your ex at Bobo FNN. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Bobo FNN. You can find all my content and stuff or my tweets or my Instagram posts and stuff like that. Um, I want to try and get back on the Facebook and do more things, but I did put up the podcast on the Facebook. So you guys should be able to see those podcast episodes um, available to listen to on Facebook. If you want to go back and listen to either you felt the casuals or some older episodes of Bobo's block, you can do that on Facebook as well. Okay. Um, again, Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Bobo and YouTube. YouTube is your friendly neighborhood nerd Bobo there. So you guys can find the new videos. New drops will be every Friday. And that that thing has to be about it, bro. I think that is about it. So I have been your friendly neighborhood nerd. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.